0: Hello everybody, FPL Teacher here. Good morning and welcome to the review of the Manchester Derby. Man United deservedly ran out 2-1 winners by taking advantage of key moments. In the second half, we will look at what City did in the build-out, how United stifled them throughout and in the end, what made the difference for both sides as City took the lead and United came back. For FPL purposes, we also look at how good exactly Pressure is while also assessing other potential emerging options from both sides. Manchester United. The epic win here was a result of clever game management from Eric Ten Hag yet again. already mentioned many times in this podcast, really the key was about locking up key players that made the ball work. For City. The true hero of the entire first half period that prevented City from sitting inside United's third was Christian Eriksen. The way United's 4 2 3 1 setup really looked like a 4 4 2 when United wanted to win the ball. Martial basically sat in between the central defence and anywhere in midfield, but really when they sensed a moment of weakness to harry City into playing long balls, Christian Eriksen would be the one bursting from midfield just to subtly block the ball and prevent it from going to Rodrigo Ericsson's runs basically cautious and positioning himself between ball and Rodri was strangely a really straightforward solution that no matter if City played their usual 3-2-4-1 or whether they played an extremely wide 4-2-3-1 Ericsson simply had to prevent the ball from going to Rodri almost as if doing a man-marking job and City were forced to play it wide. Now, having said that, all these tactical nullifications really set the stage for key moments in the second half when managers choose to make their impact. A derby is so high stake that really it's about relying on moments where each manager can draw swords and really hit opponents where it hurts. Anthony Martial off for Anthony. Basically, gave United this unseen fluidity, where Marcus Rashford as the number nine could drift to the left, while Bruno Fernandez, who originally as the right-sided midfielder, could move into the centre. But really, what unlocked everything was Garnacho coming on on the left side. Now, with Garnacho left and Anthony strictly on the right, Rashford and Bruno Fernandez played the classic number nine number ten combination, and. Strangely, it worked to fantastic fruition. Of course, there was an, a slight exploit of the offside rule here, but Bruno Fernandes knows his job as the number 10, not only drifting into certain key positions for FPL purposes that puts him in an assisting scenario, but also releasing certain runners that make Bruno the James Madison of the side. Being a sister of the sister, releasing the likes of the quote-unquote Harvey Barnes of the system which is Alejandro Garnacho. So a quick note on how Marcus Rashford has understood his role as in number 9 and evolved using his change of pace. For both goals, we have to understand that Rashford intentionally put himself in an offside position. This was to draw the attention of both centre-backs in order to free space for Bruno Fernandes and Anthony on the far side. Now, there was this moment for the second goal in particular where Rashford was already offside. And Garnaccio knew this trying to cross for Anthony which was blocked. And it was at that moment Rashford knew exactly where to walk to in order to be level for the cutback on the second attempt. So this is basically Rashford getting the minute details correct instead of just loitering and being the traditional young striker that usually lets down his team. Manchester City, instead of trying to flick through the numbers and the different combinations they had going into this particular derby, really it's about keeping it simple and trying to figure out where City saw their key advantage areas throughout this match. City really kept it simple here, refusing to morph into their usual three whatever whatever formation, not overloading any fullbacks into midfield all the way until late in the second half. Instead, Joel Cancelo played left back and bombed up really, really high and really, really wide supporting Phil Foden, and this was where they intended to dominate at the beginning of the first period. However, with Rodri locked up, long switches really failed to actually reach Cancelo as well as Foden with United really wising up, placing Casemiro in the exact spot and it forced City into really awkward positionings through Bernardo Silva and Erling Haaland, who both dropped deeper and deeper and deeper, who just were tracked quite simply by Casemiro himself. In the second half, however, all those players mentioned on the left side bombed into the box as KDB took over the reins himself, moving into his traditional right wing, if not making his trademark bombing runs into the right half space, eventually finding the opener. The difference here was the personnel that made late runs to the far post, because we all know that Erling Haaland loves a good matchup at the far post, completely occupied by Varane as well as AWB. Bernardo Silva was actually the first player to exploit this space, having a few really good chances himself, but he just failed to turn those into shots, and when Grealish came on for Foden, Grealish was the one that dealt the opening blow. For FPL purposes, really, we now know that there is this consistent pattern where the right side creates for the left, which obviously favours KDB. So the question always comes down to who you feel you can predict starting on the left. At the moment, Phil Foden does not present himself as an aerial target. So really, we are looking at Jack Grealish being the most influential, although not guaranteed, minutes. Secondly, people who are shopping for a defender for the next couple of games, really should not look at how City operate tactically because this is the first time we've seen Joel Cancelo on the left wing considering he played right wing last game. So the fullbacks are currently playing malleable positions and you're essentially looking at Ake or Akanji banging on clean sheets. If not, you'll have to punt on Rico Lewis really coming into the fray eventually. But that is how we should read Manchester City assets at the moment. Lastly, we need to give a quick note on the consistent pattern that has been noted over the last few games that directly correlate to their results. City convincingly win, or at least control games, when Gundogan plays on the left half space. In this particular case, Bernardo Silva took over and KDB eventually overloaded that space, but really, when Gundogan plays, City played a very stable, high XG game compared to what we saw today. In the end, a good derby really just saw City's informed players coming into the fore. And it was. We shouldn't be really that surprised that when Jack Grealish assisted Mares last game for the winner against Chelsea, Jack Grealish and Mares would be prominent features of this match. Again, similarly, Marcus Rashford, as usual, continues to his goal scoring streak to my personal chagrin. But at this stage when we look at big, high-profile matches between top six sides, it's all about moments and form dictates who will take advantage of these moments. This is FPL teacher who will continue to review Saturday's games as quickly as possible in quickfire mode before the double game week fixtures kick in.